Welcome to Cartridge Command, your weekly retro gaming podcast where we discuss and review the classic and not-so-classic games of the 8- and 16-bit era. I'm Nick. And I'm Eric. And this week's game is Wizards and Warriors. Wizards and Warriors was developed by Rare and published by Acclaim in the United States in December of 1987. It was then released in PAL territories in January of 1990. Oh, whoa. Yeah, poor guys. Wow, that that sucks. (laughs) It does. It was published uh, in Japan by Jalico, and they got it in 1988. That's not too bad, I guess. And it's very odd because Rare is based in the UK. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. So I feel like they should have gotten it first. Yeah. Now, the music in Wizards and Warriors was composed by David Wise. Yeah, and it's really good, too. It is pretty good. And he is best known for um, RC Pro-Am, Marble Madness, Super Glove Ball. No, just kidding. He's (laughs) he's best known for, he did the other things. He's best known for Battletoads. Oh, okay. Possibly the greatest pause music of all time. Yeah. I have hummed that tune to myself (laughs) a billion times. And then he also, most notably, did all of the music for the entire run of the Donkey Kong Country series. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I mean, there's a lot of things I didn't like about that first one, but the music was not uh, one of them. Right. Now, the video game Wizards and Warriors should not be confused with the 1983 CBS miniseries of the same name. Oh, really? Which was directed by Bill Bixby. Okay. TV's Incredible Hulk. Yeah, wow. And starred Jeff Conaway as the main prince. Really? And that I, would I be Kaniki from Greece. No kidding. Wow. I really want to check this out now. Uh, I think you do, because it's like a story of like two warring countries in medieval times, the good king and the bad king, and I think there's some oh, wizards man. involved, you know. Yeah, I'm right sold. up your alley. However, this game did make its way into many other forms of media. It was featured in the animated segment Power Team, which was part of the uh, video game review show Video Power. Okay, that sounds vaguely familiar, Video Power. I never saw it, and man, that seems like something that would be right up my alley as a kid. Yeah. Now, more in your world, Nick, this was the subject of one of your favorite book series. Oh yeah, the Worlds of Power, man. It did have a Worlds of Power book. And I, from what I understand, it's it's a very weird adaptation. They almost all are. Um, do you I, do you remember this one? I not in particular. I, I'm trying to think where this it, is a classic. The main character is just a normal boy, and then gets thrown okay. into the game world. Yeah, those, storyline. Those are the worst too. Uh, I must say. But more on my page of things, this did have one more appearance, and that was that the villain of the game, uh, who I always want to call Malachi, uh, he appeared in the. Wonderful cartoon, Captain N. Oh, yeah. And uh, during the episode, A Nightmare on Mother Brain Street. Oh, that sounds awesome, man. Yeah, they were known for (laughs) some really bad parody titles. Oh, yeah. Well, among other things. This was also the first of three games. There were two sequels, but I don't think either of the sequels, you know, found the uh, widespread fame that this first one did. Well, it's... It's a weird series because, you know, I would, when you compare it to, let's say, other trilogies on the NES, like mm-hmm. Mario or Castlevania, it's like, yeah, you have the first one that people kind of like, second one gets a little weird, and then the third one, they go back. But in this one, they just got weirder. Like, I, I like all three, kind of, but the first one is definitely my favorite. All right. Well, maybe one day we'll find out. <laughs> Nick, what kind of game is Wizards and Warriors? Well, it's a. 2D side-scrolling platformer. Uh, got a little bit of adventure elements in there. Very light, yes, I would agree. And, and uh, in this game, you are Kuros. Yes, the Kuros, knight. the knight. And you are a very classic-looking knight. Yeah, I like his design. I mean, the box art's a little deceptive because you look like some Frazetta Conan dude. But... Well, the box art and name of this game are very much trying to rip off the Dungeons & Dragons license. Yeah, yeah. I... I mean, they tricked me. I got me. But I was happy with it, so. Yeah, because the game is really nothing like the cover or the title. Not at all. There are no wizards in this game, and only one warrior that I could find. Yeah, well, well, I mean, the final boss is a wizard. Well, that is, there is a wizard. Yeah. No wizards. (laughs) Yeah, that's 
could just be wizard and warrior. As it should. Now, your knight, Kuros, with his pointy knight shoes, can <laughs> jump. Yeah, you have a pretty generous jump, too. I mean, it's very Mario, and you, you have a lot of control in that jump. Yeah. And um, you're going to need it, because there's a <laughs> lot of jumping in this game. Yeah, you might think you're getting into some a lot of sword play here, but you are not. Uh, this is mostly a jumping game. Yeah, I was very, very uh, caught off guard by that. It's weird. Yeah, it's weird. Now, you also, as we said, have a sword. That is your main form of attack, and you can swing that sword very awkwardly. You have a hilarious wiggle attack, kind of. It does not look like you are really trying hard to attack anything with this sword. Now, um... And your sword, by the way, is named the Bright Sword. It is oh, okay. a magic sword. So, Well, wonderful. And it does have some other properties because the sword is uh, can be used, you know, like we said, with that waggle. You can duck and attack as well. Then you get an actual thrust there that's a little more useful. Right. But also, the sword, if you hold down the button when you are jumping, can still attack. Yeah, you can just kind of steer it into airborne enemies. And I found that to be the best way of attacking airborne enemies. And generally, yeah. Now, in addition to his sword, he does have, as I mentioned, pointy boots. Yeah, yeah. And those also hurt things. Yeah, you can jump on enemies. The The hit location's kind of weird. Well, uh, not only onto enemies, but like if you jump up into some of them, the point of your shoe will hurt them as well. Yeah, yeah. It's nothing I ever did on purpose, but it was a very welcome. Yeah. There is a, and you can bounce off enemies. Yes. It's, that's a really, it's kind of tricky, but there's a couple spots where it's like, you don't have to do it, but it helps. So, you know, it takes a little while to get a hang of it, but it's, it's pretty doable. Now in this game, you have health. It is a health bar. Yeah. I think, what do you got? Like 12 something? Sure. I, I, I wish I would have counted now. I'll tell you what, it only matters when you're at a boss. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Because it is, uh, because you do find pieces of meat in the game and that will refill your health by only two points. It's yeah. never very much. It's true. But more importantly, there are three lives. You start with one, you have two extra lives. You mm -hmm. see them at the bottom of your screen. Yeah. And when all three lives are gone, game over. Yeah. But you can continue. You have 10 seconds to decide if you would like to continue the game. Yeah. So you better make up your mind quick. But you should, because once you continue, you have lost nothing. Yeah, I mean... In fact, there is only one thing we, you lose, and I'll, I'll mention that later, but otherwise you keep everything. Everything you've picked up, all your increases, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, really the only thing is your score. And I mean, you do start, like, when you respawn, you're right there, man. Like You are in the literal spot you died, not even at the beginning of the level. So, yeah. I mean, there is just no reason to even worry about your health, unless, you, like we said, you're at the boss, because if you die at a boss, you have to start again yeah. whittling that boss down. True, true. Now, as you said, there are also points in the game. But I don't think they really do anything besides give you a high score. Yeah. Um, I mean, even if they did give you, like, one-ups, who cares? <laughs> like, it, yeah. it's not even that important. So now, it's... when I beat the game, I did get the high score, and I made sure to take a picture of it. How oh, about you? nice. I did not, man. No, Bummer. I didn't I wanted even... to check. I wanted to see if uh, who got the highest of scores. I, bet, I, probably, I don't know. We'll to, I'll check it out. There are many items in this game, more than I would have expected. And uh, most of those are found in chests. Yes. Or maybe all of them. Yeah, yeah. I think all of them. Uh, one of the first ones you get, or the most useful, would be the throwing dagger. Yeah, the this is uh, very important. This improves your offensive abilities greatly. And as you can imagine, it is a thrown dagger, but it is magical. It acts like a boomerang. Yeah. And even better than your standard boomerang, if you don't catch it, it'll keep flying around. Yeah, you can keep it arc, and it has an like arc to it, so you can really keep it in the air pretty relatively easy. Yeah, spoiler alert, part of my... Uh, strategy for defeating the final boss was definitely keeping that in the air <laughs> okay yeah now you can also get a throwing axe yeah and it's like the dagger it has a kind of a squirrelier path uh, uh is it stronger it is it'll i don't do... know because i never got it oh okay well it, i don't the dagger does one bar of damage mm -hmm. to you know how the enemy uh bosses have a little life meter of their own and the axe does too Okay. So it's twice as strong, and I was never able to do this, but I, I read about it, and then I saw it on a playthrough where if you get enough, either of these, you can collect these miniature knives or daggers. Correct, and I, I at one point, I think I got two. That's as many as I was able to achieve before dying again. I Yeah, and but I mean, if you get enough, I guess, I think it's four or something axes, you can actually get two axes on screen at once. Oh, wow. But I never achieved that. So. Now, if you die, that is the only thing you do lose. You will lose your bonus axes or whatever the power yeah. ups that were powering up your axe or your dagger 
And uh, we should say that when you uh, shoot this out, the longer you hold it, the farther it'll go. Mm-hmm. Like its range. Like you can throw it off the screen if you hold down your button. Like or if you just tap it, it the comes axe back. and the dagger, or just the axe. Yeah, both of them. I did like, not realize that. It's real weird, but uh, I, I mean, I wasn't really able to use it very. It didn't help me much, but it's there. Now, what I didn't mention is that these items are all entirely optional. You must find the key and the chest that holds this item, or you will not get it. Yeah. And as I said, I never found the axe, so I never got it. I think I have, there might only be one place to get it. I'm not sure. And that's the case for many of the items. Now, some of them, there are multiple places you can find them. And uh, mm-hmm. and if you get if you open a chest that, let's say you already have a dagger, uh, then where the dagger would be in, say, the next level, it's just gems. And it's okay. that way for most of the items. So hopefully the next item you find is the shield, the shield of protection. It's, a, it's an important item. It's... Similar to other shields in games, like mm-hmm. if I I don't know if it works when you're jumping, but if you no, just hold still, not. you can block projectiles with it, and that's really useful in a lot of parts of this game. And it's like you can most projectiles you can shoot with your axe or or dagger, but this is way better because a lot of enemies will fire like four in a row, and you're not you're not blasting all that, you know. Like exactly, you, you need the shield. Now the next one you find, hopefully, because I don't even know how you would get through some of the levels in this game without it. <laughs> Is the potion of levitation? Yeah, this is a uh, an important item, man. Um, it, it, Super. I like I said, I, I can't imagine going through certain levels without it. Yeah, you just press up and you'll start to levitate in place vertically, and then you can, you know, you'll reach your maximum maximum height, and then you can just jump. Or if you want, you can also just hover. Yeah. At that height, waiting, because there are places where you're going to be waiting on platforms to appear. Yep. Yep. And you can just sit there in hover mode. Yeah. And when they appear, then you do your jump. Very, very useful. Oh yeah. You know what wasn't as useful that I thought would be? Mm. The Feather of Featherfall. Oh, really? I mean, I found it slightly useful, but man, I thought I'd be like jamming it all the time. And honestly, I wasn't a ton of reason to. Well, I, um, if you get it, there's two of them. Uh, there's one that you can get in like the blue, the ice caves or something. Okay. Like you can get it pretty early. There's, it's a really painful jump, but if you get it, it I makes did. a lot of things. I think it makes stuff tons easier. Like there's certain areas where... I mean, we'll get to it in the level by level where it's like there are these like you have to ride a bubble up. But if you have the feather and the potion, doesn't matter. You can just do it without uh, messing with that or certain mm-hmm. other things. But I mean, they're, they're a great combo together. Now, all of those items, once you have them, they remain in your inventory forever. Yeah, you, you, you cannot see replace them, down. them. Yeah, you'll see them down at the bottom of your screen. But then there are a few more items. Uh, they call them the special items. And those can be replaced when you find another one that takes up the same slot. Yeah, I call them fifth slot items. Like It's like you have the one slot where you want to be careful because if you pick up one you don't like, you're still stuck with it. You like, Well, yeah, and sucks. let's begin with the item I had for the least amount of time, the Boots of Force. Oh, that's uh, it's probably the best item in the game, I think. Like, You know, that's what I read, but I, <laughs> I, I, I'd already missed it. I'm and, a new uh, convert, kind of. like. Well, I didn't miss it. I got it. But then, of course, I had it replaced. On right, yeah. After that, you know, a little spoiler part for our uh, recent experience. That's when I started save-stating before every chest. <laughs> right. That was the only time I save-stated. It was just I didn't want to lose any of my good items. Yeah, it's that's definitely a, a thing you got to learn in this game where you're like, know what chests not to get. So these boots, the boots of force, why are they so good, Nick? Well, um, you use them by... I think all these items you use by pressing select and you'll do a little kick and mm-hmm. you can kick open any chest, you know, even if you don't have the key, any locked chest. So no matter what. Yeah. So you can, oh, there's man. certain levels you can just skip certain keys. Right. And as you know, you can't open doors, but they're also really strong. Um, if you kick like a boss with this, it'll do three bars of damage. So, well, you can, uh, you, I, I, this is all new stuff I found. I like, I went through, I will talk about it later, but I was like, holy cow, these are great. Like, th- so then I'll mention it here. The other thing I did that I would recommend to anyone playing this game on an emulator mm-hmm. would be to remap that select button to one uh, of your four face buttons. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I found that to be way better. I mean, just like in punch out, you don't want to be reaching over to the select. I mean, the, the select doesn't bother me that much. I mean, uh, I wouldn't want to use it for swords or something, but um, I don't know. I didn't use a lot of the other items. And, well, I, I don't did. Know. So hard we'll, to explain. we'll talk about that here in a second, because next up is the Wand of Wonder. This is a classic wandy, you know, you got a little star at the end, like, and mm-hmm. you uh, you shoot out a little, it's like a ring, right? Of What's well, like a, two or three balls that are spinning around each other to make a ring. Yeah, yeah, and they uh, little freeze enemies, and uh, so it's, it's pretty cool. Um, 
you get it's good range, I guess. But it's kind of slow though. Yeah, I I never really use it that much. I think it's one of the few ways that you can like can use it against hives of bees and freeze them or something. Sadly, that's what I got to replace my boots. Uh, I know in that first one, like it always almost always gets me. Yeah, and then I uh, replaced that with what felt like an even more worthless item, <laughs> the cloak of darkness. This item is worthless. Uh, it it makes you invisible. Yeah, but. That's it. Um, you can I, still take damage, though. Yes, I guess it will reduce any damage you take from a non-boss enemy to one. But 90% of them only do one damage anyway, so I guess it looks kind of cool. Uh, that's one you like. When you see that, you're like, crap. Yeah. Avoid the cloak. Now, next up is an item I never encountered, So, but I think I know what it does. And that would be the Boots of Lava Walk. Yeah, they're, um, there's only one pair in the game. They're... Mm-hmm right before the lava caves and and there's only like one level with lava in it so well and how useful is this and well um you might think that they will protect you from the damage that you take from walking on the lava but yeah. they do not uh they will protect you from the damage from those fire spouts but i wish you all could see the confused look i'm giving nick <laughs> it's bizarre again not so they worth don't it. let you walk on the lava i mean you already on can. the fire yeah well yeah but, but they don't let you walk on it you know no strings attached right that they're actually it should be boots of fire standing i guess or something better but even so it's like if you have the feather and the potion and you can just fly right over all the lava pretty easily and it doesn't matter you can run across it and die and yeah. it doesn't matter You've it doesn't do lives. it doesn't even do that much damage so. no it doesn't <laughs> i was really surprised at how how wussy <laughs> right, right. the lava was well then here is another item that i did not get the horn uh, yes, the horn is a mysterious item that I just found out what does. After many years, we were like, it doesn't do anything. But it does. It opens, or it doesn't open, it shows the location of these secret rooms. Yeah. And where there are usually lots of gems inside. Yeah, and it's like, the place where you find it, there aren't very many secret rooms in that level. Like, and you can keep jamming select, and it doesn't seem to do anything. So I never knew what it did until recently. I mean... There, there's, there is one level that has a bunch of secret rooms. I could see you getting some use out of it there, but not really worth it. No, but you know what is worth it? The final item, the item that I switched to, and then I made sure I never lost. That would be the staff of power. Yeah, that's a, that's your real gun type. You know, you shoot like a nice little fat spread of four bullets out. They like... spread out and they do two damage. Nice. Yeah. So for me, that was my boss killer. Yeah, that's because a good... Yeah. not a lot of aiming. I had it on my face buttons so I could throw out a dagger and that at the same time. Right, right. And jump around and do whatever I needed. Yeah, very effective. Very, very effective. Now, as we mentioned, there are many other things in these levels you'll find. We talked about gems. Yes. There are gems littered throughout them. And they are worth points, mm-hmm. but they're also used as a currency to get through doors. Yeah, there's, um, you will encounter in many, most levels, there's a, a red knight who's the guardian knight. And he looks exactly like you. Yeah, and it's, above him will be a little uh, word bubble with a number and some and a gem symbol kind of in it. So it's like, you need 100 gems and he'll get out of your way. Right. Now, or whatever. Beyond that, they're really just for points. There are normal flashing gems and red gems. Yeah. Now, there is a weird thing going on here that I read about, and it, it works out. Mm-hmm. But it's strange. On every level after the first level, if you collect a red gem by throwing your weapon into it, okay, it will give you two gems instead of one. Oh, okay. Which I is thought they were all extremely useful like... in certain levels where it's a tight gem budget. I see. I see. Now in the first level, it does not do that, so it can be confusing. Hmm. Yeah, cool. I don't don't know why. No, I got no you, one yeah. does. Well, I just because I know in the manual it says red gems are worth two. But it doesn't say anything about the dagger. So, I mean, there's a lot of sketchy stuff in the manual. Spoilers, but... Now, you can also find them sometimes from enemies. Mm-hmm. Uh, you will also... They can be found in uh, torches sometimes. Or, I guess what they're calling acorns. Yeah. Look the... much more like an ocarina. Yeah, they're weird. Like... Uh, it's blue ocarina. I guess, yeah. And there's some yellow ones, too, in certain levels. They're, mm, true. A lot of them have... Uh, different levels will have these little, like, objects that you can attack for items. Now... Those things, the acorns and the torches, don't just drop the gems. They and enemies drop a few other things, but all those things are mainly points. There's like uh, coins of different sizes. That's where you'll find your small weapons. They might drop meat. Yeah. Which also gives you points. The small weapons, like you said, that make your weapon stronger. But then there's a couple 
other more unique things you can find. And that would be the egg. Yeah, the exploding egg, man. And it's your standard screen clearer. Yeah, you'll just destroy all of the enemies. And then there's also an alarm clock. Yeah, and that'll freeze all the enemies for like, what, three or four seconds or something? Yeah. They're all, I mean, they're all right. They're not great, but I'll just, you know, you just take them when you get them. Indeed. And then there are potions littered throughout the levels as well. Yeah, three, and these are aside from your potion of levitation. And they are one-time use, unlike yeah. that one. Yeah, um, frequently you'll find spots where they're just, they'll respawn repeatedly. That's very you nice. Get them, so, you know, it's a level design feature. And there is the blue potion. It turns you blue mm-hmm. and lets you run faster. Yeah, and I mean, that manifests into longer jumps slightly. Yeah, slightly. I, and I only found like maybe two uses for this one. Yeah, I I mean, I always take them just because why not? And I like the potion music. So. It's good music. <laughs> and then there is also the red potion. Yeah, this will turn you red, similar to the Guardian Knight, and will also make you temporarily invincible. Yeah, but not from the lava, apparently. Oh, Weird. Hmm. Yeah, I never checked that out. Now, you might think that's the most important and the best of all the potions. Invincibility. What's better than that? Yeah. Well, oddly enough, it's the pink potion in my book. Yeah, uh, for real. The pink potion um, is your high jump potion. It'll let you... You get a lot of distance, and then when you combine that with the... Levitation? Yeah, then you can can really skip through certain areas that can be problematic. Oh, yeah. In a lot of levels. Yeah. That pink potion, if it drops from an enemy, is such a welcome sight in many places. Yes, yeah. Now, we did mention treasure chests, and many of these things are found in treasure chests. You either find a lot of gems or one of those special items. Mm -hmm. And as you also mentioned, there are doors in this game you must get through. Yeah. Now, both the treasure chests and the doors are color-coded. They are either pink, red, and blue, which is a weird, weird choice. Yeah, yeah. Don't know why we chose pink and red. (laughs) It really confused me in the early part of the game. Could have been some green in there or something, but... You know, anything else... It's a, yeah. <laughs> They're just too similar. But each key corresponds to all of the doors or chests in its level. Yeah. So once you have found that red key, you can now open every red chest and go through every red door. Yep. And then you will also find gray doors, and those just open when all the enemies around are killed, I think? Um, They just have like a timer to them. Okay. They'll just open for a few seconds and then close, and you just wait around. They should open eventually. Now, one thing to mention about the doors is... It's sometimes very easy to get stuck in a loop of jumping back into oh, a door yeah, yeah. and whatnot because they're usually set in a place that's very awkward, I find. Well, and it's weird because it's like you can just nudge your head into the door and you're activate in. it. Yeah, you're in. And then, you know, even if your feet were way below. Yeah. Yeah. So, Nick, what was your personal history with this game? Um, well, this was a, one of the first games I remember renting. Um, it was a very early game in the system. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was already out when I got my NES. So, um, I remember renting it with a friend. I don't, I know we played it a ton and I don't know if we beat it that first weekend, but it pretty early on, we were able to just power through it. So it was always one of the first games I beat and, you know, I liked it a lot. Yeah. I don't think I ever played it as a kid. Um, I remember seeing the Nintendo power spread. I oh, think it was yeah, in one yeah. of the early issues, maybe two or three. Mm-hmm. But it just looked a little generic and didn't really intrigue me too much. Therefore, it never popped up on my radar. I Yeah, I mean, I was always sold for any kind of fantasy stuff, so I was eager to check it out. And then this is also around the time in my life where I was, like, starting to learn about D&D, and I'm, like, decoding these massive tomes. And there's a lot of, like, you know, Shield of Protection, Featherfall, a lot of D&D terms, Staff of Power is a real, Wand of Wonder, those are all real D&D items, so it was, like... It lent this sort of like mysterious cred to the game where I was like, all right, I know what's going on here. And I don't know. I really got into it. So nerd alert. Well, then, Nick, what was your more recent experience with this game? Well, I beat this game twice, actually. Oh, um, wow. I, I sat down and, uh, you know, I was like, I just powered through and beat it in a couple, two hours, maybe. Yeah, I played it twice as well. And the first time I played it, I was going to sit down and maybe go through two three levels oh right right and i sat there till the final level till the castle yeah i mean it's not too terribly difficult and you you know you have like once you're on a roll you know what you're doing you just keep moving yeah yeah um and then i went back because when i was doing notes and i I watched i was like i'll check out a speed run and then that's when i saw some tricks out like the boots of four i was like oh wow so i wanted to go back and try that stuff out i'd really like to see you play this with those boots of force on your uh buttons 
Well, they're weird. Instead I mean, of the select. It's a different kind of. It's not like a precision thing so much because uh, you'll see. I mean, at least for fighting the bosses, like you can't do it in the air, so it's just like you're parked there waiting for them to land at you. Ah, uh, gotcha. So, I mean, it's not a hundred percent the best thing, but it's a good way to get a lot of damage in a few hits. Now, the second time I played it, you know, I finished up the castle, went through the end, and it was a little longer than I was expecting. I thought I just had a level left, but oh right, you know, we'll yeah. get into that. But I did enjoy my time with this all, all throughout. Right on. Well, Nick, you mentioned it earlier, and my hopes are not too up. So what is the deal with this manual? Well, the Wizards and Warriors manual is, it's all right, I guess. Uh, you got 23 pages, so. That's fair. Yeah, decent size. It's black and white. Uh, you get some screenshots, and you get uh, item and enemy artwork. Okay, I like that. Which is all right. Uh, I, the, they spend a lot of time on, like, story and, and kind of describing gameplay. So, I mean, it, it's interesting enough, I guess. But it's really just the evil wizard Malkil has kidnapped the princess. And um, a bunch of other damsels. Yeah, and um, they do go through and name them all, except for the final one is unnamed. And the first one is listed as first princess, so... Poor hmm. Lucinda didn't get her name in the in the book, but but the um, thing is, is all of them look the exact same. Yeah, I mean, I really wish they could have at least done a palette swap on their bikini. Yeah, weird shredded. Uh, whatever. Um, but yeah, so it does a it goes through and explains. You know, it does show you all the items, what they do. You get you know, it talks a little bit about each level and you know all the enemy drops. Okay. Um, apparently, the kingdom you're in is uh, the kingdom of Elrond. Yeah, I saw a lot of names that were. Which, very yeah, very similar or close to other properties. Yeah, that's straight out of Lord of the Rings, as as well as Galadriel. We'll talk about her later. But mm-hmm. And hilariously, they give you a points value table for everything in the game, even like enemy projectiles. Like I mean, they do. And even in the enemy section, it's like skeleton. Skeleton's bone. Like the thing it throws really? at you. Yeah, like it's a strange... Uh... Especially because these points are straight up useless. Yeah, yeah. So it gets really into it. We get a little okay hints i guess at the end where it's like look around for stuff but any so, uh memos notes no memos nothing it's uh gets its work done i guess uh it's good enough all right nick here we are in the general chat portion of our show here we are and i'd like to start by saying um i did not get this game at first I was really confused as to why you told me to play it. <laughs> I was expecting a slash and hack, run in, attack kind of game. Yeah, yeah. And this game is like 70% jumping. Oh, yeah. And I, I mean, that was the same thought process I had when I first played it, but I was uh, pleasantly surprised. And you know what? That's what I was going to say next, is that the game did grow on me. Once I realized what I was doing, that the game is actually more of an exploring game, where you're jumping around and just trying to find your keys, the yeah. chests, and the doors. Yeah. And then as many of those gems as possible to pay your way through that final door, usually. Right, yeah. Um, it's, uh, yeah, and I mean, it's not like amazing uh, graphics or anything, but... No. I feel like Kuros is uh, pretty well animated, like... Yeah, especially guy. his death animation. I really liked it. Yeah, your little leg kicking down there. Yeah, dangles. And there's not a lot of animations in the enemies. Yeah. But every enemy sprite is really clear real crisp you have a really good idea of what you're fighting and, and where its edges are yeah and and i do want to say the i love kuros's crouch yeah because he's like it's a weird like his, his legs wide stance yeah and then it's like if you wiggle back and forth while crouching it's hilarious so. well that is a pretty um accurate stance according to old medieval treatises showing oh, uh, <laughs> knights fighting in their stances yeah, yeah oddly enough i just had a, a conversation with our good buddy uh, and Patreon supporter Dave. Oh yeah, about how perhaps those stances aren't that great, and modern martial arts stances could be used instead. Right, right. when doing modern bro- broadsword fighting. I well, you know, it stands to reason. But in this game, you're really going to be exploring these big room type areas that are all interconnected, either by doors or maybe narrow passageways. Yeah. And at first, I was really overwhelmed. I thought there are, these levels were huge. I was very confused and kind of lost because there is a bit of similarness to every part of a it's level. It's true, yeah. But once you get your bearings, you realize none of these levels are really that big. No, no, they're not. Um, and um, I think it's very, uh, to their credit, like, you know, in between levels, you get the map that shows you, you start off in the forest. Down. Another thing I like a lot. And and the, the map 
itself, like the levels are very faithful to the actual levels. Like, yeah. Uh, the maps. If you pay attention in between levels, when it shows you that map, you definitely know where you need to go in the level you're in. It just might be a little tricky with the keys and doors. Yeah. That's the meat and potatoes of your uh, level play, I guess. Yeah. And at the end of every level, there is a boss. The bosses are all pretty cool. I like them. Yeah, they're um, they're pretty neat. Now, I must admit, I always forgot that they turned into a pack of tiny ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> and it always was like, oh, crap. <laughs> I thought I could relax. You cannot relax. Yeah, Once you think you defeat a boss, you have not defeated that boss. Yeah, you'll get well, like six to eight. I guess I think it gets more as you go through the game. Yeah. And I mean, if you're ready for them, they're not that bad because you can have an axe or dagger in motion when they appear and take and them out. And even a few sword swings will take out most of them usually. Yeah, they're not strong. But if you're down to like one life, it can uh, disappoint you. Yeah, and it's just a little scary if you're not expecting it or remembering. Then uh, every level also has the classic, uh, you're saving a damsel. But this damsel is uh, pretty scantily clad and hanging from the ceiling. Yeah. yeah. I feel like... Uh, I don't know if that would have made it through standards and practices a year or two later in the <laughs> Nintendo world. I don't know what Malkil is up to with all these princesses. Right. And as we stated before, there is only one wizard and one warrior in this game. The majority of things you're going to be encountering are monsters. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of uh, pretty goofy enemies. Very much so. And those are found, you know, in every single level, which leads me to believe we should leave this portion of the show. All right. And move right on to our next. Which is our level by level. And this game has quite a few levels. And as I said, they're all pretty big and cavernous. So we'll probably call out a few interesting points of each. But oh, more yeah, talk yeah. about the bosses of the levels and maybe any real extreme dangers in them. Right, right. I don't think we're going to break down, you know, where you find each key and what order to get them in. Because yeah. that's really the fun of exploring this yeah, game. Yeah, I mean, you don't want us to play it for you, right? And in level one, you start out in the forest, the forest of Elrond. Yeah, it's... Uh, no elves here. No, no. Um, and it's right away, they make some interesting choices with the backgrounds because you have the bizarre perspective, like mm -hmm. with the stumps. You know what I mean? They look like they should be farther behind, but the tops of them are just the platforms. So that was the part that really confused me when I started playing. <laughs> you know, I was running around the ground trying to fight things. And there's a lot of stuff, what you think is in the background... Yeah. But it's actually not. Almost every single thing you can see that has a top edge, you can land on. Yeah, and um, so that can be a little, take a little getting used to. And a lot of these platforms are very small as well. And it's just weird that, like, lots of games use forests, you know, for mm -hmm. levels. And, right. But they almost all are just like, here's a branch that's your platform. But here it's stumps or even the branches themselves are sawed off. you got these little, like, yeah. stumpy things. You are there. very rarely walking along branches, but more hopping from the tops of cut trees. Yeah, yeah. It's, it is an odd choice. It's very uh, interesting, I think. Now, this level has a bunch of weird enemies in it, oddly colored enemies. That's a big you know, thing in this game. You're going to find yeah, weird yeah. birds, eagles, werewolves, hornets, yep. you name it. Yeah. And then there are pink enemies. I don't think we mentioned that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Pink enemies, do they drop pink potions more often? Um, I don't know. I haven't noticed I felt, any. Uh... I felt like the pink enemies dropped items more than the others, but I could just be... Making that up. I Man, maybe. I, I certainly didn't uh, pay attention. I know this level, you're going to have... Uh, there's basically two doors you can encounter. There's a gray one and a blue one. Um, both of them are a pain in the butt to get to the... You know, they're kind of your path to get to the t upper area of the forest, unless you use the pink potion. Right. and then... Which is the way to go, because these things suck. You're jumping up. You know, it's like the shafts in Metroid, kind of. And you fall down, you got to start over again. Yeah, that is the worst part of this game, is any of those indoor jumping areas that are very similar to the Metroid shafts, only with fewer places to catch up. So yeah. <laughs> if you fall, you are falling for a while, probably. That's And especially this early, before you have a magic feather or your potion. So yeah. It can definitely be rough, but this level is pretty short if you know where you're going. Yeah, and in fact, this is one of the levels where um, you can skip the red key if you want, because... Really, there's just a, a chest at the very top on, you know, you'll have to bounce off an enemy to get above. I, I think you can pull some pink potion shenanigans, but you can get up on top of the, the leaves of the canopy of the forest. And there's a chest up there. I think you get your shield. Yeah. In this first level, you should probably be getting your shield, uh, the boots of force, a dagger of throwing. Yes. And then... Um... The Wand of Wonder is also in this, if you can find it. It's yeah. in a pink chest. It's um, it's actually, okay, so you get up to the top, and um, if you have by now collected 100 gems, that's when the Guardian, 
who's kind of standing in front of a hollowed out like tree trunk, he'll get out of the way and you can fall down there. And that's when you'll start this descent where you're inside, there's all the bees, um, and there's like roots that will yeah. guide you either way. The last chest down here is the Wand of Wonders. So don't get it unless you want it. I mean, for real. But I you get know, it on accident almost all the time. Because I, yeah, I don't know. It's It's definitely not the wand you want. But, yeah, so you fall all the way down, avoiding bees and hives. Um, and, you know, on the way, if you didn't get a lot of the treasures uh, beforehand in the actual forest, you know, the other chest down here, you can pick up a dagger and a shield as well. Oh, okay, cool. And then you get to the final boss of this level. It is a demon skull. The demon skull. It's pretty basic. Uh, mm-hmm. Just a big skull that bounces at you, kind of, shoots projectiles. It only has six hit points. Yeah, so. So if you have your dagger at this point, it's nothing. Yeah, I mean, he's easy enough to run under or jump over, keep that dagger moving, or you can just kick him twice with your boots. Wow, yeah. And I found that the enemies in this game, while they don't have a very uh, predictable pattern of, like, always jumping at the same spot, they are very slow, usually. You always have enough time to get under them or over them if you need to. You are much more maneuverable than they are. Definitely. I mean, my entire tactic for fighting the bosses is usually run to one side, turn around, Fire a whole bunch. <laughs> yeah. When they get close, either go under or over to the other side, repeat. Right, right. There's not a lot of, you know, real tense dancing around and anything like that, like no. you would find in some other games. Yeah. And once you have defeated the demon skull, you get to rescue Lucinda, the yes. first. The first of Damsel the in distress. Then you move on to level two. You're going down now into the ice caves, the first of a series of caves and probably my least favorite of the levels in the game. Yeah, they're, I mean... There's a bit of similarness to them and a bit of um, lostness. I, I I really found these to be the more confusing areas. Especially, yeah, this they get progressively a little more confusing. And, you know, the first one, you start off with blue. They say they're the ice caves, but the ground isn't any slipperier than any normal cave. So. It's just the light blue color. And in these caves, you will find both the... Feather of Featherfall and the Potion of Levitation. You definitely need to get those before you leave this level. The, and the, okay, the Feather of Featherfall is right by a really tough jump where it's like you yes. have to do it just right. Or it is much easier if you have the potion. Oh, yeah, okay. So the potion will definitely make it easier. And that's one of those ones that's dropped frequently by the enemies in that area. Yeah. That's how I got it. Yeah, there's, I mean, it's right by a, yeah, if you can get the, like, the, I think maybe even the blue, but definitely the pink potions would help for this. You know, it's like you're trying to jump through this little gap where mm-hmm. it's like if, you, if you're if you too high, you'll hit the ceiling and fall down. So. And that is a common thing in these levels is that's really how they restrict your area movement sometimes is by making it so the jumps are difficult with a low-hanging overhead. Yeah. Now, this is also another place where you can use that uh, jump off an enemy if you... Are able to time one, it properly. Yeah, if you can lure one over, it's... Uh, and uh, you'll see a lot of weird enemies in this place, too, where you have those rock pillar face. Yep. Which uh, is like a... It's just a, a mouth and eyes in the rocks that shoot stuff at you. You can... You hit them and the face drops off. It's kind of funny and goofy. Um, they're a little annoying, though, because they're always shooting stuff at you. Always, yeah. And then there's those um, guys that come up out of the ground, which are known as the junior rock face. So... But this level is actually pretty small. At first, I thought it was big just because I was looping a lot. Right. But it's actually a pretty small level, and it's really all about getting to the top right, getting those items. Then you can go down to the boss at the bottom. Yeah, and you want to watch out because this is where you'll find lava boots and a cloak of darkness, which you probably don't want. So, And they are in an area that you're going to fall through. Yeah, so... It's... And on platforms you probably want to jump on. So avoid at all costs. Yeah, yeah. But if you can uh, get the two items you do need, find the keys you need and get down to the bottom floor... Make your way to the left, and you're going to find yourself in the boss zone. And this is a very interesting and unique boss fight. Yeah, the vampire bats. than all the others, because you are not fighting a singular creature. You are going down a long hallway and encountering increasingly stronger and larger vampire bats hanging from the ceiling. Yeah, they'll come down. You can can run through and let them all build up into a big cloud. I did, and and that's how I died. Oh, <laughs> did I did not find that to be very useful. I, I don't, I would normally, this is an Creep. area where, yeah, you just, when one of them comes down, I would just jump in place and they'll fly into my sword. Yeah, it, that's that's literally exactly what I did. You let them just creep into the screen, you do the, the jumping sword, not even a swing, just that hold down the button and yeah. into them. 
and even the the stronger ones, you can usually get two hits if you do that weird jump yeah. thing into them. You just nail them down. It's like first, and I just thought it was funny that the little ones are known as baby vampires. Okay. The medium ones are deadly bats. And, and then at the very end, there is one larger than all the other bats. Yeah, and it won't emerge, or I mean, it'll hang there. It'll come down after all the other ones have been defeated. Does it get a special name? It's just Vampire Bat. Okay, and it takes, I think, like three hits instead of two yep. or four. It's not not hard. Nope, it's a pretty easy guy, and uh, again, you can force boot him should you so desire. Oh, okay, that's good to know. Now, there was also another shield and another dagger in here, if you missed it, by the way. Mm-hmm. And at the end of that level, of course, you save the next princess, you move on, to the fire caverns. Yeah, and this is um this map is like it's like kind of divided into two big screens. You got your reddish and brown like I wouldn't even say big areas. screens. No, no. This the, is a very small level. The very first one is basically just you in a big room where there's one key. There's one key and the trick is you don't know what to do at first. Yeah, you got to ride those fire spouts to get some height to get up uh, there to get that pink key. Oh, see, I just waited for bubbles and I rode the bubbles. Oh, up yeah, to get yeah, it. yeah. Because um, I did not have those boots. Now, this is also where you can find the horn. Okay. So if you want it, get in the very first room. Otherwise, just skip it. And then once you have the key in the first room, you go to the second room, use it. It's, I mean, this is like one of the most linear levels of the whole game. Yeah, yeah. You never even have to go back, I don't think, to the first room. No, no. Um, and really, the second cave, the big story here is, I mean, you have a guard, guardian who only wants 50 gems, but you got to have the red key to get through that door anyway, so. And that's hidden in a room at the top. Yeah, there's a, a shaft you're going to have to go up to, which if, what you a have, shaft. if you if you have the feather and the potion, it's not bad at all. No. If you don't and you want to make the jump to get the key, you have to ride a bubble, basically. Like, you don't have to ride it all the way, but it's like you just have to keep jumping up and let it and, follow oh, you. Oh, God, and, that sounds horrible. Yeah, it is. And this is something that I remembered from my past, my youth, where I was like, that part sucks, man, because you have to keep going up and down, like, if you mess up the bubble or... I mean, it's hard enough if you have the special items because if you slip you're like oh man i'm redoing like three three screens yeah yeah but i mean that feather makes a big difference because oh yeah you know that's why i'm like yeah you have to do this one sucky jump last level but even if you don't you're going to do one just as bad here so you might as well get it out of the way yeah and then once you have the key you just pop back down to the bottom right of that level you saw that door from the beginning and Mm -hmm. this is also where i got my axe as well the axe of igor is up there and this is also where i missed the axe Mm -hmm. which i wish i would have had but you get through the door and the boss you find you know you don't really need the axe on this guy what's his name rock face good old rock face and and he looks like a face made of rocks yeah exactly he kind of floats at you and shoots um this is where another trick I saw that I stole that's really pretty interesting is if you go all the way to the left edge, right, yeah. and levitate, he'll, like, float up into your sword. And you just stay up there, and they're like, like, you can do a ton of damage without even moving, so. Well, I didn't really find him that hard anyways. No. You just need to <laughs> run underneath him and. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. Throw a bunch of daggers at him. Absolutely. It's pretty easy. Now, I don't know if it was the last, I think this might be the first level where the boss then splits into a bunch of ghosts at the end. Yeah, yeah. So be prepared for those ghosts. (laughs) They will. Don't set the controller down. You know, you still have a little bit of fight left. Yes. But if you do make it through, you're going to rescue Galadriel. Ah, That's the one of this level. Yeah, yeah. Stolen name again. Yep, yeah. And uh, you move on to yet another cave. Yeah. The purple caves. The purple caves. Now, what color are these caves? Purple? Yeah, that's it. I mean, it's not anything (laughs) crazy. It's not ice. It's not fire. It's just purple cave. That's it. It's a... This is... One of the bigger, I think, I got lost here the first time when I was playing through right. this. There is one FAQ walkthrough I found on the internet for this game. And it's eh, it's not the best. Right. But it does have these, like, ASCII, very simple maps. Okay. That That's what I use. I didn't look at any of their, like, as they described it part by part because it's just that's too detailed. Hard. Yeah. I'm, but well, they had this one split. You know, it's basically a giant X. Right. And at the middle and at the four points, there are rooms. And if you look at it that way, it's not as hard to get through. My my problem was it's like at the beginning you head up and you'll pass a red door and right. then you'll find there's a red key at the top and I forgot that door was there. So I spent the rest of I was going all around and I was like, I don't know where I'm going to find this uh, pink key or something. I was, yeah. But this um, this is an area that has like eight or nine hidden rooms with gems in them. There's a bunch in this level. This is where if you have the horn, this is the only time it'll really be worth it. But it's not really worth it because you don't need that many gems to get through. Well, I mean, this is, uh, your guard will take 200 gems, but there's so many anyways. Like, right. There's chests and stuff. Just watch out. There's two chests in the middle of this level where you, there's like, 
It's like a staff of power and a cloak of darkness right next to each other in the middle. You don't want those. If, I mean, maybe, maybe you, you do. do. Maybe I want do. that staff of power. But this, those, just be aware. Those are items you know that can replace something you may like. Indeed. Now, if you have gotten all of your keys, you've found the items you do want, you've avoided the ones you don't want. Now, this is also a first appearance, I think, of those skull hives, those things that shoot. It's just like a, a stationary skull turret. Those, okay. Those are normally invincible, but the boots of force. I know. I, that's the only them. reason I wanted those. I read that online, and I was like, man, that would have been so nice to be able to kick those away. Otherwise, yeah, they gun you down, man. You're relying on your shield to block their little projectiles. But if you have uh, blocked their projectiles, you've made it through that final portion on the bottom of the screen. There's a lot of gems there, so don't worry. You can always catch oh, up if yeah. you need to in that final run. But then you'll find your boss door. And this boss is a ghost? The evil ghost. Oh, sorry, evil ghost. <laughs> and it's a big old ghost. Yeah, it floats at you and shoots. Um, it's pretty easy. Uh, you can, I mean, at this point especially, you can always, if the boss is coming at you, you can just levitate and then jump over. It's really easy to get on the other side of them without taking damage, you know? And at this point, I have that wand of power. Okay. So yeah, I'm yeah. spread shotting. Like, yeah. I, I don't even have to aim anymore. I'm just like, spam that button until it gets close and then... No, take take the hit to go through it. I don't even care. Yeah, yeah. Because as long as I can get more hits on it than it can get on me, we're solid. Right, right. Now, we didn't mention each of these bosses has been getting harder. They've been getting more hit points. Yeah. They, this one life. now has 15 hit points, which means it has more than one bar of life. It has more health than you. So that can be a little tricky. Yeah. But he's not that hard, and his pattern is really easy. Yeah, none of these bosses are, are that demanding. But beware, does explode into a bunch of tiny ghosts. <laughs> ghosts of ghosts. And then what we another thing we forgot to talk about is once you've defeated that series of ghosts, a nice little pile of treasure rises oh, yeah. out of the ground. You know, it kind of reminds me of uh, ghouls and ghosts. Yeah, yeah, you get a little treasure hoard, and and there are actually secret. There's like an orb and a chalice that you can reveal in some like just by nosing around to some. Oh, levels. I found one once, a chalice. They're worth points, so they yeah. are. You bust that ghost and all of his ghost cronies. Oh yeah, you save Griselda. The princess or damsel or whatever she is. <laughs> and guess what, buddy? You finally get to leave the caves. That's right. Work your way back to the forest. Yeah, you're kind of back in the forest. You're almost there. You're at the bottom of a tree, though. You're in the roots of this tree, and you got to move up and out of it. Yeah, it's, you know, like the it's reverse of our previous forest experience. Yes. But this part sucks. It's a big shaft you're going up, and there's lots of bees mm -hmm. coming out of the hives. Um, Although I found that if you have the levitation at this point... You can really just burn through this. Yeah, oh, yeah. And the feather makes it. I mean, this is, um, and I will say there's a ton of hidden gems in this uh, area. Not the, the hidden doors, but we, I don't think we talked about them. But sometimes you can just, you'll hit your head from jumping on these gems. They're oh, kind they, of like the they coin They knock you bang. back down. Yeah, and you can get like 10 or something out of them. Uh, there's a bunch of those in here, but meh. You can make your way to the top pretty easily. Um, and then you're back in the forest. Uh, yeah. Eagles have been replaced with gargoyles. There's. You know, bats and stuff. But, yeah, you have a you know, The thing is, is most of the enemies in this game, while they do change, they're usually just a sprite swap. Well, and it's like the enemy's spawn rate is pretty relentless. So it's like you always have these like bullets and stuff. And it's just like, ah, whatever, just move through it. Like, yeah, I gave up on, you yeah, know, like I'm not caring trying to about taking everything. damage or anything at this point. I mean, I'm still attacking everything. I'm still moving uh, with agency, but I'm not caring if I get hit by something. Yeah. And uh, I mean, the big thing with this level is that if, Somehow you made it here without the feather. This is the second and I think the only other one you can get it in the pink door in this level. Now, I did read online that there is a really weird glitch in this level. I saw it, this. If you yeah. die and come back, there's a chance all the enemies will be replaced with enemies from the first forest stage. Oh, okay. Okay. I saw when I was watching a speed run and I saw this guy glitch it here where if you go to the far left of the screen and you start levitating and jumping or something. You can get some weird ending. Well, it like glitches you through to the first forest. Okay. And then you just go through it again. And when you get to the boss, it'll just be the next boss that you would have fought here. It's like the game just boots up the next boss. Okay. And you, you play through the next three levels and then you, you can beat the game that way. Odd. You, you get the ending, but you don't actually experience the last couple levels. Huh. Yeah, this is a short level, and you pretty soon you will be able to come face-to-face -face with the Queen Spider. Yes, and what a deadly queen she is. Now, this is uh, one of the enemies you're going to want to go under instead of over. <laughs> this, I mean, maybe it was just me or I got lucky. This seemed like the easiest of all the bosses. Yeah, it's really, really slow. And it just, like, it's like it comes toward you. And Does then it just... not hit you? 
It's it just like jumps up to the corner and comes back down. Like I swear, if you just hold still, I don't think it'll even really hurt you. I don't think so either. And like I said, I just spammed away. That's the thing about the uh, wand of power or staff of power. Mm. It has a much quicker fire rate than your knife. Oh right, so, so you, you can blast it really blast out. And I kill this thing in two passes. Nice, but it does have eighteen hit points. So if you don't, you know, have that, maybe. Use those boots or whatever you can. Yeah, boots of force are always good. They are. But if you defeat this queen spider, make sure you're you're ready for those uh, ghosts. If you <laughs> are, you kill them. Well, you get to free sweet Penelope. Sweet Penelope. And uh, from Penelope, you're moving on and up to the outer castle. And what a level the outer castle is. Yeah, and, and this is Castle Iron Spire, by the way. That's um, a cool castle name. I but, love this level. Like, I mean, it's kind of boring, but oh, if I was you, gonna say, hey, if you look at the map, like the design of it, it really does. It's just like a giant tower. That no, you, it's cool and you it, head up, but it's just a huge pain in the butt. It's a long platforming exercise because you're of jumping, of jumping on platforms that sink back into the wall. So yeah. it, you're hovering and levitating so much, and if you miss a jump. You're floating down for a while. I mean, I jumped through this level so many times. Yeah, there's a bunch of arrow slits as well shooting at you. It's a long... It basically Good news. You're going, you can stand on the arrow slits. Yeah, yeah. And so. you'll make your way... You have to go all the way up to the top. Um, and just to get, like, the pink key, I think. Well, there's, you go, like, one of the keys. Almost near the top is a key. Then you go all the way to the top to the door. Yeah, to get the red key to come back down. To yeah. the very, very bottom. Yep, and... Uh, yeah, I mean, that's really about it. It's kind of a big, long level. But... There is some weird enemies on here you've never seen before. These ants that are crawling on the building. Oh, yeah, yeah. But they they are not a challenge. They don't attack you, really. They're just in your way. Yeah, you just got to avoid them or, I guess, maybe bounce off them if you need to. Lots of ghosts flying around this castle as well, so watch out. And now this is kind of weird because when you beat this level, you do get the end of a level yeah. points thing, but there's no princess. No, and so. this is where I, I broke with my first playthrough. Oh, because I was like, well, now I just have the castle. It's one level. I'll be done. Right. Right. But you'd be wrong if you thought that. Yeah. And as you said, it does get the ending, but there's no boss. You don't fight anything. Yeah. You just go into the castle and in the castle is exactly what it sounds like. Yeah. This is a castle interior. Um, You'll go through kind of three colored areas, right? Like there's the first is like the gold or yellow room. It's the biggest one where you have the two huge vertical shafts. Yes. You go up to get, like, red key and blue door. You'll see a bunch of, there's, like, devils flying around and uh, different, uh, you know, annoying enemies. Yeah, and um, I really thought that it would just be, like, one little area and then I'd be at the boss. But it's not. You got a long way to go here. Yeah, there a lot of jumping. <laughs> there are, you know, weird skeletons running around. There's uh, gargoyles attacking you. Tons of those little skull things that shoot the, tons oh, yeah, of those little yeah. skull hives. They're just annoying as heck. Agreed. But the the thing about the inside of this castle is it's way more confusing seeming than it really is. Yeah, it's, I mean, the the worst part is the similarity of it. The, you know, you're just, all the whole level looks kind of the same, but eventually you'll get to a blue area and then you, you know, you're, you're collecting the keys very slowly. You're getting one and going all the way back and back and forth. But eventually you'll get all three and you can head to the boss. So and there is one other thing to know, and that is this is going to require the most of those gems that you've gotten in the game. You need 200 to get through that door. Now, if you are using the trick of always using your dagger or axe to pick up red ones, and you're getting all the ones you see, you really shouldn't have any trouble. Yeah. Um, I think I got to the door with like 300 some. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because there I are also mean... a lot of secret rooms in this. I found two totally on accident yeah there's and i mean each one of those is usually worth a good 10 to 12 gems Mm -hmm. so that'll bump you up there's at least four uh chests that have 20 gems in them as well oh yeah so you should have no problem clearing you know that yeah bank it up man and if you do get all your keys you make it to the very bottom you get over there and you think you're about to fight the final boss of the game (laughs) at least i did yeah, now this is uh this is the skeleton changeling. My favorite boss, hands down. Though. Yeah, I I love this guy. Um, because when you start, you're fighting this tiny tiny thing that's like yeah. oh, I don't know seven eight pixels tall. It's really small. I love it, and yeah. it it's even got animation. It runs around. It is it is great. I can see this would be an area where the uh, staff of power is probably really useful because super he's useful. So short and hard to get. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you beat him down, and eventually, as you deplete his life meter, it will refill, and then he grows into a smallish skeleton. 
Yeah. Now it's 12 hit points with each form. Okay. And then, yeah, you have a little tinier skeleton. You destroy it, and then you get a big old skeleton. Yeah, it, it changes. It keeps sizing up till the final one. Like, I really like that idea for a boss. And uh, there is a very similar boss in Clash of Demon Head, which I played many years later. But it's a very similar where the guy starts out small. Oh, I can't wait to see that because like, I, I agree. This is one of my favorite boss fights of all time. Not that it was hard. I just like the design of him and his, yeah. his size change. Just it, wonderful. It's just a fun, neat idea that I'm like, how come nobody ever used this that much ever again? So the hard part is it's, it is that he's relentless. Uh, his first few forms are very easy to get around. Yeah. It's just that there is a ton of health. So I did die here once because yeah. I wasn't being defensive enough and I didn't realize how many forms there were. But yeah, once you know... True. You just need to play it safe and really avoid everything you can those first three forms. Yeah, most most bosses in this game you can just destroy through easily. This one you actually have to kind of pay a little attention to. Yeah, but you know, you can defeat this skeleton. Oh, yeah. And if you do, Candida is waiting for you. Sweeta Candida. Cut her down. I guess give her some clothes. <laughs> if you're a cool guy, yeah. Um. And then you can go deeper into the castle itself. So I thought, well, this has to be it. So, yeah, but it's not. No, this is the green area in the castle interior. Yeah, you know, and it's got all the enemies you've been seeing in the last few levels. Nothing Devils, new, nothing spiders, crazy. All that, yeah, ghosts. But what is hard about this level? It's not getting through it. It is very short. Yeah, very linear. Not a lot going on. It is the fact that there are not enough gems. No, in the level to get through the door. Yeah, you need a hundred. Even if you do my trick, where you get two for one. Yeah. You only end up with, I think, 80-some by yeah. getting every single one available. I know that, I mean, I didn't know this until I was watching, but there are two of those hidden gem banks here okay. that can help that if would you definitely know where help. they are, but I don't know how much they have. There's a lot, I mean, you might just get stuck. This is something I vividly remember from my youth is, I need 15 more gems, so I'm just killing guys until eventually. And that's what I did. You just start running back and forth down that hallway. I found that the... Pink ghosts seem to drop them more often than other things. Okay. So I kind of just ran back and forth in an area with them for five minutes or so. <laughs> till I had my 100 gems and I could get through that final door. Once you make it through that door, well, you're in a whole new area. Yes. You are at the final boss. Finally made it to Malkill himself. And Malkill, his realm, is his, his, it's like a little cave under the castle i feel like yeah yeah it's his weird like and um and it is a full-size level yeah yeah you're in a room here like not just a screen right like you can move around very confused at first and you know like malkil he teleports around he's a powerful wizard yeah so no matter where you are he will start teleporting around it's not the same every time right right it's yeah it's kind of random i um what was your method for for fighting him because i i died a few times as i was trying to well, move through the level and then find him and then attack him. And I realized that he's doing a lot more damage to me than yeah. I am to him because he has 24 hit points. And then according to the FAQ, apparently that regenerates, which oh, wow. I didn't realize. I didn't either. Um, I mostly, okay, when I remember from my youth that there was like, um, singing like Nintendo Power, I think there was like a safe spot where you can, like he will never hit you mm. and you can kind of camp out there. So I just picked a spot and just kind of stood there like... So and waited for him to reappear and then kicked him with my boots. As did I. Now, was it the area that has like the, it's like a quarter pipe with like a little ledge above it? I think so. Cause I drew a little picture of a little spire. Like that's it. That, there. That's it. That's the exact spot. Okay, I went yeah, to yeah. I'm looking at your drawing and yeah, yeah. that is the place it's on the left side of the screen. Yeah. Yeah. And it's after you fall just a little bit and it is a, the safest zone because you can basically stand under that little ledge. And then mm-hmm. I literally just stood there jumping, throwing my dagger and, yeah, and yeah. shooting my spells. And if he appeared on that ledge, I turned around and did it. If right, he appeared right. on the far side, I just did it that direction. And as long as I kept that dagger in the air, it would almost always hit him at some point. Yeah, if you can in just his thing. generate like a field of fire and you're, you'll get him slowly. I found that to be much better than actually trying to hunt him down. I don't know how you could do that. Like, no, you'd you know, have to let him come to you. And if you can get into that spot... You really shouldn't have any trouble with this final boss. I do want to say that, um, I forgot to mention this earlier, but Malkil, actually, one of his pupils was Merlin. So that lets you know how powerful of a wizard you just killed. Wow. Well, if you can do it, you muster the strength and you defeat Malkil, the evil wizard, teacher of Merlin. Mm -hmm. 
You have saved the kingdom, but most importantly, you have rescued the princess. Yeah. The nameless princess. Yeah, yeah. And what a great, beautiful, long cutscene filled ending you get. <laughs> or no, not. Not no, at all. No. Um, you are immediately put to the uh, initials input for the high score thing. Mm-hmm. And you get some music and then... You put those initials in. And you're done. You, I mean, you can admire yourself at the top of the high score chart. You do get a screen that says Wizards and Warriors. Oh, yeah. It yeah. has your score and then maybe game over or thank you. Yeah. And and music. Yeah. And then the music ends and you're just stuck there. You have, y- to, you have to reset. Well done, warrior. Right, here we are in the review portion of our show, and of course we use the classic Nintendo Power Review System with four categories, each category having a score from 0 to 5, starting with graphics and sound. What did you give this, Mr. Eric? I gave it a 2.5. Okay, um, I gave it a 3.0. I was kind of on the border there. I'm like, I said it's nothing special, no, um, it's not. but it's solid. Like, there's no deficiencies, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like, the graphics get their point across. You know what everything is. You know, it's a ghost. You know, it's a weird skeleton. Yeah. You understand where they are and what they're doing. Very functional, yeah. Yeah, I gave it a little bonus because I thought you did get some good uh, animation for Kuros. Kuros does have a lot more animation than anyone else, and that death animation is one of my favorite things of all time. And I really like the music, so... The music is what kept it from being a 2.0 in my book. Mm. But the music is really good and real catchy, especially the boss fight music your classic scary ghost oh yeah halloween yeah. this probably actually has a official name i know yeah i wish i knew what it was i'm sure I... you're gonna tell us uh on facebook cartridge commandos let us know because you're enjoying it right now all right nick next up is play control i give it a 3.0 i give it a 2.5 okay yeah again I was, yeah i was in there i'm like you... starting with select button yeah, I mean... I feel like the select button should never be used for an attack. I, I, I would prefer to see, like, up. Up and, and B. Up or, and B. Mm, I, yeah. I mean, I, I can see that. It didn't... My big thing was I liked the way you use your jump a lot, and then you work with it with different items and kind of... You know, yeah, like, I said, I mean, the jump is really solid, and it's very satisfying. It's just that sometimes they ask a lot of well, your jump. There are a few t- points where it's like, all right, you have to nail it right, you know, and once I mean once you get the feather and stuff, it, it eases up a bit, but it's still there. And next up is the challenge factor of this game, and I was really torn on this one because there are a few hard bosses, but ultimately I gave this a 1.5. Okay, I gave it a 1 as well because I'm like, you have the most consequence-free continues ever. It's like ever. You're basically Wolverine. You're invincible. You can just as long as you want to keep going. I mean, you lose the extra strength of your, you know, thrown projectile, but which I mean is nice, whatever. But almost I, unnecessary to begin with. <laughs> I mean, I can only remember getting it twice. So whoop de do. But like you said, it's the fact that you continue from the exact spot you died with everything you have. Yes, some bosses are a bit hard, but you should be able to just power through them at this point. Oh yeah. And then finally, theme and fun, which you may be surprised by my answer due to all my other low scores. Oh. But I actually gave this one a 3.5. Okay, same here. You know, like I said, it is more than the sum of its parts. Yeah, yeah. All of those things are a little odd, a little awkward, but there's a charm in this game that if you give it time, I think might really win a lot of people over. Yeah, and it's not... um. It's not wizards and warriors. It's jumping warrior. Yeah, it's like it's a good like uh, you know it's unique enough. Like there, it's not like a lot of other games. No, so. it has an exploration element you don't find a lot in these early NES games. And you know the whole feel of it of of how you explore and what you find. I feel like this is a game that if you came to it, you know, as a child, it would give you hours and hours of time to find out. But as an adult, you can burn through it super quick once you really get what's going on. Yeah, it's a it's a fun little game. And finally, Nick, I will ask you, as I always do, should you play this game? I think you should. I agree. I said there's no reason not to. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's accessible and easy, so just check it out. Just get ready to do a lot of jumping. Next 
Next week's game will be Mega Man X for Super Nintendo. So find a copy of that game any way you can, grab your controller, and play along, friends. And remember, folks, if there's anything we forgot or got wrong, because I got something wrong last week, it's Ken's music that's Mighty Wings from Top Gun soundtrack, not Guile's music. It was in there. Eric, you faithfully put the Guile's music in because that's what I said, but I was wrong, Cartridge Commandos, so... So thanks for keeping your ears open and uh, let us know about any future mistakes at cartridgecommand at gmail.com and we'll get back to you or I will humbly admit to my horrendous failures on air. And maybe if you're lucky, I'll put the uh, actual song that sounds like Mighty Wings, the (laughs) Ken theme at the end of this show. But, you know, you can follow this show on Facebook at Cartridge Command. You know, leave a comment. Tell us, you know, what other things we messed up or tell us what other things we got right. Or you could do that on uh, Twitter at Cart Command. You can subscribe to the show on any device that makes podcasts happen. Please tell your friends to listen to this show because we like people to listen to it. And then, of course, we must always thank our wonderful supporters at patreon.com slash cartridge command. It is those fine folks that make this show happen. You are the hidden gem rooms of our wizards and warriors. Yes, you are. And as always, cartridge commandos, game on!